Welcome to the Fourth Dimension with Toby C., where participants dare to disclose bizarre experiences that occur in early recovery. The battle between good and evil, of God and of the occult. The psychic challenges we all encounter when trying to do the right thing. Now, here's Toby. Hey, it's Toby. It's your buddy Toby. I'm back. Yeah. Can't keep a good mouth down. Here I am. Yeah, welcome to the fourth dimension, and I am uh, your host, Toby C. It's a concept show, and it's a reality show for sure. The concept is that there's nobody special about me, the host, just another another mouth trying to carry a good message to somebody who's recovering. But this is going to be a very interesting show. This is going to be a different show. It's not going to be your typical recovery show. Our show is tailored uh, for the newcomer in recovery, whatever you're suffering from. It doesn't necessarily have to be drug and alcohol abuse. But our message and our show, um, like all of the Fourth Dimension with Toby C. shows, talks about a very uncomfortable subject. And we talk about evil. We talk about the devil. We talk about Satan. We talk about the fallen angel. You can call it whatever you want. Call it bad luck. Call it bad decisions. Call it his fault, her fault. Call it negative paranormal experience. We don't really want to go ahead and buttonhole it, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's an interesting show because we're going to be talking about a very uncomfortable subject, where we talk about God shots, and uh, this show is going to talk about the antithesis of a God shot. You can call it whatever you want. And today, I've got a good friend who I've known for quite some time. Her name is Marie. Marie H. Hi, Marie. Hi. Good to see you, or good to hear from you. And um, like... All of our shows, we're going to take a little trip back into time um, about not what it used to be like and not what happened and not what it's like now. We're going to go back to uh, somewhere between what it was like and what happened, okay? It's a very um, interesting period of of our life when we try to get better and there's something uh, resisting our attempts to get better. It's that simple. And again, don't feel uncomfortable if we talk about the devil. Uh, the devil is not uh, to be at the center of uh, this discussion, but understanding and being aware of the devil is indispensable to understanding God, the mysteries of faith, see? And when we deny the existence of evil, we make um, the concept of God more irrelevant and, and more abstract. And that's where the devil wants us to be, see? The devil wants us to keep us in fear and in mystery and to ignore the presence of evil. But uh, no, we're going to talk about that today. And so anyway, what we're going to do now with Marie is we're going to go back and um, give us just a little history, Marie, of, uh, of what got you into recovery in a general way and what got you to your bottom. Give us, a, give us an express ticket to the bottom so we can explore exactly what happened to you at the bottom uh, and, uh, and your attempts to emerge from the bottom. So what do you think? Go for it. Uh, <clears throat> what got me into recovery generally was um, some court repercussions uh, initially. Um, what kept me in recovery was 
the really wonderful um, experiences I started to have. I was resistant at first to to joining uh, the recovery group, but uh, then it became a really wonderful place, and I began to find myself again, and I thought I would never, ever go back to um, what I had felt before. So you thought you were on your way. You, you were in, in the kinship of common suffering. You found a group, a group therapy, recovery group, and you thought you were on your way. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And um, Bad thoughts like, I got this. Well, ah, interesting. Is it a bad thought? Marie, is it a bad thought to, to have the faith and the hope and the idea that you've got this. Well, I think what starts to edge in when you say, I've got this, is an ego-based sense. Um, I must always remember that I'm guided by something bigger than me. Yeah, yeah. How interesting, though. I've got this. That's a delicate dance, isn't it? I've got this... Um, you know, I do believe that uh, I did get it, and I look back now and I know that I did get it, and it was given to me, not by myself and my deeds, but it was given to me by a higher power, see? Exactly. And a God of my understanding wanted me to, to feel like I got this, but there was something, and you touched on it, the ego. Mm-hmm. Ah, the ego slips in. What do you think? And and not only do we got this, but continue to kind of tell us what happened there at the bottom. Um, your bottom, you emerged from your bottom, and you had four years of sobriety before you slipped. Correct. Yeah. But we talked about the fact that the drunk starts long before the first drink, so to speak. The slip starts long before the, the final act, if you will. And so we want to go back to the beginning of the slip. And the beginning of the slip was in your earliest moments of recovery, wasn't it, Marie? Yes, yes. Yeah. And something happened. Something happened. And I've got this turned into... What do you think it was, Marie? I've got this, 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 this proclamation of faith and hope and joy and determination all of a sudden got you on, on the wrong path for some reason. And this path led you four years down the road to an unshakable foundation, didn't it? I don't know. You tell tell me what what happened. Let's let's go back and explore this. The slip did not happen in, in year four. The slip happened early on, and let's explore that. What do you think it was? I I really do kind of struggle to to find that uh, concretely. Um, you were working with others. Yes, you were I was. sponsoring yep. other women. Yeah. Uh, you were going to meetings. Yep. You were carrying a good message. Yep. You were in the fellowship. You were doing everything that you thought you were supposed to do. And, and in fact, you may very well have been doing God's work and, and doing the deal, right? What do they say? It works if you work it. You're working it, weren't you? I certainly And was. it was working for you. 
But, but something happened. You know, the, you know, this, the, the <laughs> pandemic happened. We talked about that, right? Um, life happened. If it wasn't the pandemic, it could have been some other uh, social or worldwide uh, uh, catastrophe, or maybe a, a personal trauma. It could have been your own personal pandemic, right? But you weren't ready for it, were you? You didn't have an unshakable foundation, did you? I guess at some point I actually got angry with God again. There you go. I did. I thought I had done enough work that I shouldn't be challenged so much more. Ah. And it made me it made me resentful and angry like wait, I've I've done the deal and still crap is coming my way. And uh so what's what's it worth? Ah. You work hard and you don't get the outcome you want. You don't get the promises. Love it. So you were fed the lie that life is like a vending machine. You put in your two quarters and you pull the lever and out comes your product. You get what you put in. That's what I thought. That's right. But it didn't quite work out that way, did it, Marie? No. Ah, so you had some unrealistic expectations on, on what you were supposed to do versus what was going to come to you for the work that you did. In other words, by gumbo, I'm I'm Marie and I'm gonna I'm gonna put in my service and I'm gonna pull the lever and, and I expect this to come out, right? Yes. And you pulled the lever one day and it didn't come out, did it? Right. And you got cheated, didn't you? You felt like you got cheated, didn't you? Yeah. So you had some unrealistic expectations of God and of yourself. Thank you. I tend to think my plan is God's plan, and it's really hard for me to accept when yeah. my plan doesn't happen. How interesting. So if you have unrealistic expectations of your relationship with God, did God give you those unrealistic expectations, Marie? Or did something other than, than a good and loving God give you this attitude it's certainly not a God thought there it um, is. to go to those places. Fine. And now looking back, looking back, Marie, there it is. The disappointment happened when, when, when you didn't survive this, this particular personal catastrophe, okay? That was the letdown, you know? You probably asked yourself why, didn't you? The evil three-letter word, why, right? Why would you do this? And the crazy thing is turning to the bottle doesn't make anything better. So what no. would drive that thinking? No, no, no. So, so, so the why was bewilderment. Do you think God was testing you, or do you think something other than God was, was slipping you into confusion and bewilderment and hopelessness? What do you think, Marie? Is that God? Was, did, did a loving God do this? Was he testing you? Really? No. No, of course not. So, I mean, call it what it is. It is what it is. You had unrealistic expectations. You got hurt. You got disappointed. And I don't know about you, but Toby, if Toby gets hurt and disappointed enough, Toby's going to get angry. Do you Mm. get angry? My problem with anger is I suppress it. And when I suppress it and ignore it, I turn to something to run away. Yes. You drink. Because I have to be a good girl and I don't get to get angry. Yeah, yeah. But that burning fire was in there, wasn't it? Indeed. And did God create that burning fire, Marie, or did something other than God create that burning fire? I'm I'm not going to get into philosophy, but come on, man. 
It's either God or it's the devil, man. Does the devil really keep that burning fire inside of us and keep us in everlasting contempt and confusion and give us a reason to be angry and give us a reason to act out and drink and get loaded? I don't think so, right? So there it was. So going back, going back now, maybe your, your footing on sobriety was maybe you had an, uh, an, a set of unrealistic expectations. What do you think, Marie? Yes. Yes. Yeah. But you didn't know it at the time, did you? Nope, I didn't. I didn't realize. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if you had been more conscious of the presence of evil, I don't know, maybe you might have been more conscious of the presence of God and just kind of um, go with the flow, not put the bite on God so much, not put so, no many, so many demands on yourself. You're putting a lot of demands on yourself, weren't you, for service work? Yes. You're feeding that vending machine all those quarters, man, ready to pull that lever. And your product didn't come out, did it? <laughs> all right, we're going to be back with Marie H. I'm Toby C. This is our show called The Fourth Dimension. We're talking about evil resistance during our earliest moments of recovery. Stand by. Be right back. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby. All right. We're here with Marie, Marie H. I can't tell you her whole name. The names are changed to protect the innocent. All right. If you're just kind of slipping into the sec this short segment. I'm Toby C. And we're talking about evil. And I'm here with my friend, Marie. And um, so the evil, we were just discussing this. Go back to the very beginning, Marie. And just tell us the conclusion of our talk during the break. What do you think the evil was? What do you think the evil interference with your growth right from the very beginning of your trajectory into a beautiful, happy, joyous, and free, sober life was? Unrealistic. Expectations. That's it, baby. Say it again. Unrealistic expectations. Say it louder. Unrealistic expectations. There you go. And uh, did God give you these unrealistic expectations? Now, there's a big difference between faith and trust. And what? Fear. Unrealistic expectations. expectations. And um, I'm so sorry, but life is not a vending machine. You know, you don't put your quarters in and uh, pay your dues and pull the lever and out comes your candy bar. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. Wasn't that your experience, Marie? Yes, definitely. You know, and it's just, uh, and it hurt. You really, uh, 
you sacrificed, man. You were in service. You were in the zone. You were a good little doobie in the very beginning, weren't you? Definitely. You were doing the deal. You were walking the walk. You know, if it works if you work it. And you were working it, weren't you? Oh, definitely. But what do they say? And I, there's something in this book called Alcoholics Anonymous that nothing so ensures insurance against the first drink as intensive work with another alcoholic, right? So that's the insurance that we seek is intensive work. And you did intensive work, did you not? I never sponsored, but I did intensive work. That's fine, yeah. But something back in the very beginning of this, you were not really maybe serving God you are serving self. Mm. And I think they call it the bondage of self. Does God want to keep us in the bondage of self, Marie? No, no. What wants to keep us in the bondage of self, Marie? An evil force. There yeah. you go. And, just, and, and it is what it is, right? And the bondage of self, Marie, going back now, was that you had... Unrealistic expectations. There it is, man. And um, and and you were disappointed, weren't you? Oh, you terribly. Know, you really got disappointed um, at your moment of need. At your moment of need, just like all of us, you tried to call upon these these reserved resources that you had paid your dues for, and they just weren't there for you, were they? Correct. And you were disappointed and hurt, weren't you? Oh, so much. And the disappointment. I don't know if you're, uh, you know, if you're like Toby. If I get hurt and disappointed enough, I'm going to get angry, angry. Right on. And the anger. I don't know about you, but if I get angry enough, then I have a compelling and overwhelming reason to get loaded, and maybe not get loaded overtly and externally, but get loaded inside. Mm -hmm. It's called a seething fire of anger. I also had a lot of fear. Sure. Because. You know, my best efforts weren't resulting in the security I was looking for. Self-doubt. Yes. There it is. And by the way, what's the antithesis of fear? Faith. Faith. Uh, and does God want to keep you in fear? Definitely not. Does God want to keep you in faith? Yes. There it is. So uh, so there it is. I mean, call, it is what it is, all right? You know, there's, there's, there's an evil predator that's in our presence, and we want to deny the existence of this evil predator. But this predator uh, baits the trap constantly. The predator baits the trap called The Big Illusion. Chapter 3, more about alcoholism in that book called Alcoholics Anonymous. They talk right. about the great illusion. Right. You know, it's the big lie. There it is. It's the lie of self. And I guess what I often do is when I am in that lot, lot of fear, um, I'll clean my house to the nth degree. I'll do something to distract me. There it is. Um, and then that's building this weird energy. Yeah. Rather than getting quiet with self. Um, I read the book, Drop the Rock, and in the, in the back of that, there's this really interesting list of the not-so-good uh, feelings, evil, whatever you want to call them, mm -hmm. and then where to turn quickly when you're feeling those. And so rather than getting busy and cleaning the house, I really should 
look at be what are you still. feeling you be, still. be still what still. are you feeling ah. and if it's not if, it, if it's a more of an evil driven feeling then i need to recognize that and quickly snap to the better feeling i love it all right when we come back after the bottom of the hour we're going to be talking about denial we're going to be talking about this neurotic behavior called being busy and the busier we are the more we don't have to look at and, and feel our feelings right can anybody relate to that? You better believe it. I am Toby C. This is our show called The Fourth Dimension, and we're here with Marie H. We're going to be back talking about evil resistance in our earliest moments of recovery, like denial and neurotic behavior. Stand by. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Making sense out of nonsense. Making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. All right, here's the truth. The truth is the devil is in busy neurotic behavior. And the truth is that God, a peaceful, loving God of our understanding, is in the screaming sound of silence, is in the stillness. Be still. Right? So there it is, Marie. You weren't still, were you? In early recovery, you could not be still, still. You had this, this energy of service, okay? And, um, and this energy of service um, um, was fueled by unrealistic expectations. And then you were hurt and you were disappointed and you moved into anger, right? And to overcome this anger, what did you do? You got busier. Yes, yes. That was, that's your ghost story, Marie. Your ghost story is at that moment, you could have, you could have made the choice to be still and to be in a place of faith, but you didn't. Correct. You chose to be agitated, irritable, restless, and discontent, and in a state of fear. Yes. And there it was. So describe what was going on. Well, I felt powerless um, over my situation. I felt fear. I did have those unrealistic expectations. I was angry or disappointed that they hadn't been met. Um, so my initial response, and I have to recognize this pattern in myself, was, you know, it was COVID, so I couldn't get busy with AA stuff so easily. I got busy cleaning the house. I mean, like, really cleaning the house. And then... It just seems so easy to go get a bottle. Right. And by the way, Marie's talking about this pandemic that we're that we just went through. But never mind that we kind of time, time stamp this particular message. You know, this this pandemic, this this catastrophe can happen at any time, any place. Okay. It's whatever is gonna go ahead and throw us off of our, our routine mm -hmm. and depart us from this sense of safety and security, right? Mm -hmm. And there it is, and it could be anything. And, and it's at that point that we have a choice to be still 
or to be agitated and move into a, a fearful, neurotic area. And that's fine. And that was how you coped with, with your disappointment. But going back now, okay, reminding ourselves that, that the fork in the road, remember, we're not here to talk about the, the evil things we do and the bad choices we make. We're not here to talk about Adam and Eve or the apple. We're here to talk about what? The snake. Right. The snake was there in the very beginning, Marie. The snake, you know, for some reason, maybe the snake just denied you from getting the memo that you're supposed to chill and and be still. I saw a quote once that said, if you have time for fear, you have time to pray. So if I have time for any of those emotions that could take me down, Mm -hmm. I need to remember I have time to pray or meditate or be with nature. How interesting. There's... Our time, and there's God's time. And our time seems to be driven by fear. It's limited. God's time is driven by faith and is limitless. Okay, so Professor Toby, I get it, okay? How does this apply to what people go through in early recovery. Well, there it is, okay? If you're in early recovery and you're trying to figure out why you can't get out of this rut, okay, maybe you're not on God's time, okay? Maybe you're on your time, okay? And again, being on our time uh, kind of plays hand in hand with this this idea of unrealistic expectations, okay? You know, I don't have all day. You know, life is is limited. There's a beginning and an end. I get it. And how we're driven by our most valuable, precious commodity of time. Yeah. And, you know, Marie, you and I have a lot in common. We, um, we, were, we were robbed, in a sense, of some of the blessings that our, our peers and, and other men and women experience in life. Um, some of the joys uh, that, that life has to offer. And we were disappointed by by being denied these blessings. But that's just it. They weren't blessings, were they? Looking back, you know, maybe we had a distorted sense of what our purpose was. Who distorted our sense of purpose, Marie? Something evil. Yeah. Self. Self distorted our sense of purpose. It's, ego, the bo- it's the bondage of self. It is ego. Yeah, and, um, you know, in, in AA, there's all kinds of cliches and platitudes and slogans. Live and let live. You know? um, easy does it. Yeah. And uh, It's interesting because when some of my expectations weren't met, I felt like my purpose in life was not being met. And I desperately, that made me fearful and angry. And I desperately wanted to find, well, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? And I drove myself nuts trying to figure out what my purpose was. Thank you. And um, Wait a second. You didn't drive yourself nuts. Mm. Something else drove you nuts, Marie. Thank you. Don't give yourself so much credit, okay? <laughs> Serious, okay? Something kept you in in everlasting bewilderment of what your purpose is. Right. And I mean, come on, you're a good Catholic girl, you know, and 
and we've been around the program long enough. And, you know, in AA, they talk about, you know, when you calm down and you clean house, trust God, clean house, you discover that you're, that our real purpose, maybe our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and those about us, okay? Maybe. Maybe that's our real purpose, okay? But we don't get the memo. Right, right. You know, and I'll tell you, if you're like me, we grow up with a very distorted set of values. Right. It's not, uh, you know, God is kind of our co-pilot. We're there to honor him and obey the Ten Commandments, man. But but um, I just didn't get the memo that, you know, God's God's driving the bus and I'm just along for the ride. Right. I thought I was driving it. Exactly. Do you think you were driving it, Marie? There came a time where I thought I was, yes. But that's how we grow up. We're, we're, we're raised by our family, so to speak, to drive our own bus, right. right? To be self-reliant. There it is. And we realize that this self-reliance, this independence really is, is, is a liability, isn't it? Right. So long as we relied exclusively on ourselves, reliance upon a higher power was utterly out of the question, wasn't it? Correct. And, and and again, we can read this all day long, okay? But let's go back and look at it, okay? Your ghost story, Marie, was right there where, where you continued for some reason, despite being beat down and hit your bottom and you got into recovery and you started to get it, you still placed re- reliance, self-reliance first, didn't you? Yeah, I took the wheel back. I did. I yeah. took the wheel back. And some and some 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 dark power told you it was okay, didn't it? Mm-hmm. We talked about that. Some dark power said, you know, it's okay now to drink. Remember? Mm-hmm. We talked about growing up in a family, dysfunctional family environment where there's not a there's not a chance in a million years you'd ever take a drink, ever. What you went through and what I went through, there's no way. Right. I'll tell you what, if we stay busy enough and angry enough, and and if we stay deep in denial enough through this distraction, something's going to tell us someday that it's okay to take that drink, to take the edge off. Right. And that something isn't God, is it, Marie? No, you're not doing God's work when you're intoxicated. And the something didn't come from within either. It was it was an energy that that consumed you. It possessed you. Can you feel that 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 maybe possibly you know you were possessed? Well, as I mentioned to you, I was not a party drinker. I was alone in my basement dying like a cat drinker. And I remember times where I'd be walking down those basement stairs with the vodka bottle, and I'd be saying, you don't want to do this, Kelly. But, Marie, you don't want to do this. You know how you're going to feel tomorrow. You know how this is going to make you feel. It doesn't matter if no one knows. You know. God knows. You don't want to do this. And yet, you did. I did it. Now, again, we're heading to the bottom. And here's the, here's the perplexing question. And, and you may not have the answer, nor I, but I'm going to ask it again. When you're at the bottom of those steps, drinking that, that vodka or whatever it was, and, and, just, and just at your, your angriest, most hurtful, lowest bottom, and you wanted to get better, you just wanted to get better. You just wanted to live. You just wanted to be happy. 
just want to be happy and have some sense of purpose and to be at peace. Do you remember Marie crying out to God? Please help me. Do you remember? Do you remember crying and sobbing and, and asking God why? Why would you do this to me? Do you remember that? Do you remember that moment, Marie? I never asked him why he would do this to me, but I asked him to help me. Yeah. But I still went down the road of self-choice. You did have a moment, though, where God let you down, didn't you? I guess I had an expectation that I could have a miracle. So there it is. So at the bottom, you ask God, you ask God to help you. And God probably answered you, Marie. He was banging on the door. And maybe you didn't answer the door, Marie. Maybe you didn't answer the door. And when you became willing to, to surrender and turn your will and your life over to him and get out of the driver's seat, you know, that was the moment that you were able to depart from unrealistic expectations. But you didn't, did you? Nope. There it is. There and it it's is. hard not to feel like that's a shameful, guilty place. If I take ownership for it, and I don't want to not take ownership or responsibility for my actions. But, and we can, though. We can calmly and objectively take ownership with it, okay? But something wants to keep us in shame. Does God want to keep you in shame, Marie? No, no. So there it is. Something wants to keep us in everlasting shame and confusion and bewilderment. But it is what it is. You know, we can, isn't it fun to kind of look back and, and, and open our minds to the possibility that uh, it wasn't him or her or it or, or me or you. There was a power, an evil power. And there's only one who has all power, and that one is God. May you find him now. But there was an evil power that was affecting us, and we were vulnerable. Take a deep breath, everybody. This is some heavy stuff, though. All right, we're going to be back and wrap up our, our first hour with Marie H. Talking about denial, talking about unrealistic expectations, talking about being in the driver's seat, talking about a, a distorted set of values from the dysfunctional family system, yeah? I'm Toby C. The name of the show is called The Fourth Dimension. Talking about the devil. Stand by. Be right back. Enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong in the fourth dimension with Toby C. All right, Marie. Let's try to make sense out of nonsense, okay? There's some weird stuff going on in early recovery for you, you know? It was your ghost story. Your ghost story is uh, just when you think you had a handle on this thing, uh, there, was, there was a dark 
element that was present and you ignored it, didn't you? Yes. You ignored it because you were real busy. Right. Busy in life. Busy trying to ignore your pain. Busy trying to ignore your disappointments. There's a lot of anger and pain and disappointments before you came into recovery, wasn't there? You better believe it. All right. So, so what's the takeaway here now? You know, what, where, what have we learned from this, from, from objectively and calmly um, identifying evil in, in the very beginning? And remember, evil doesn't have to be uh, uh, earth-shattering and cataclysmic. It can be very subtle, remember? Uh, the devil, evil, alcohol is cunning, baffling, and powerful. And I always say it's patient because it and waited patient. for me. Yes. It did wait for you. But again, remember, the slip didn't happen when you finally acted out and you were at your wit's end. The slip happened in the very beginning of early recovery. So what do you think it was that took your, your rotation and, and just put it off kilter ever so slightly to keep you in self-will instead of moving toward God's will. What do you think it was that kept you from acquiring more God consciousness and allowed you to slip back into self-consciousness? I lost sight of, um, you know, step one, two, and three say, you know, he, he can and I'll let him, right? And I guess I began to think I could do it. I went back to my ego and my self-reliance. Mm -hmm. And fear. Definitely fear. Fear was there. I, you know, the fourth step, there's three inventories in the fourth step in the 12-step method of recovery, and there's the resentment, angry inventory, there's the fear inventory, and there's the sex harm inventory. And uh, I believe if we do the fourth step right, it says somewhere that at, at once we commence to outgrow fear, but, but we don't entirely, do we? Nobody's perfect. No. I don't think there is such thing as fearlessness. I mean, you know, the opposite of fear is faith, faith. and somewhere courage has something to do with that. But God, if you've been knocked around and, and beat up emotionally and physically and psychologically uh, and spiritually, uh, easier said than done to muster up that kind of courage to turn it all over, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, to surrender our will and our lives over the care of God, really, and, and let him... You know, put him in the driver's seat, really? Right. Easier said than done. That's why we, we claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. You know, if you had it to do all over again, Marie, looking back, you know, at that very beginning, not the slip, not at the end when you couldn't handle, you know, life on life's terms. If you had it to do all over again, going way back, what do you think maybe you could have done different to put you on a, on a trajectory to obtain an unshakable foundation that might have uh, helped you get through the, the, the periods that, that were difficult for you. What do you think? I guess my tendency to have those unrealistic expectations of God, because I believe he can do anything. But the thing is, I guess I turn to, I think he should do what I want <laughs> in my timing. And uh, he can do anything, but uh, there's that little thought that slips in that says, well, I've put those coins in the vending machine and I'm pulling the thing and I'm not getting what I want. 
And then I turn to a little baby who stomps her foot. Yeah. And it was anger. It was hurt. You know, mm-hmm. it was anger. And um, <sighs> if you had it to do over again, all right, yeah, come on, calmly and objectively looking back, um, what do you know? Just, we're always looking for room for improvement. And, and, uh, and the answer is very elusive. It hides. It's still. It's like that snake. It's sitting there. It's there. You just can't see it and make sense out of it. Yes. But um, I think I think I'm growing to learn this. And um, you know, you can always say, "I wish I knew then what I know now." But it takes what it takes. Um, For me, learning to live in the silence and the uncomfortableness that might come with that. And realizing that if I'm uncomfortable with self in some way, I I need to remember I'm a child of God and he doesn't make mistakes, but something tends to want to pull me in another direction. And I need to recognize that calmly and not go to, like you say, neurotic compulsive behaviors like overcleaning the house or getting busy. I, I need to go be with nature more. I wish I had done more of that. So there it is. You got into service right away in recovery because that's what we do. But see, your service was a way of fueling your busy neurotic behavior, you see. And that is how maybe you, Marie, stayed in self-will. There it is. Right. Maybe, maybe if you had calmed down and, and been still. Easier said than done. I mean, we still got bills to pay and mortgages to pay and, 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 and life is in session. So we just can't sit under the Bodhi tree and chant. I get it, man. I get it. It's a balancing act. It is a balance. But you do agree that, that your demon, your ghost story was fear and, and unrealistic expectations and, and, and neurotic-driven service that ultimately was meant to serve yourself with with an outcome, a desired outcome, a desired outcome that you desired for you. And um, I don't know, man. Were you in harmony with God's will at that moment? Probably not. Yes. I mean, what makes us think that our timing and our plan are better than God's? What gives us that? even little thought. Yeah. And it, it brings me to a thought, um, you know, the fallen angel, it's exactly what he did. He mm-hmm. decided he was better than the greater force. Mm-hmm. And that's how he started as an angel. Yeah. He became the fallen angel because he decided he was better than God. Hey, we're all angels. We all can be a fallen angel. We all can be a guardian angel. Amen on that. That was a lot of fun, Marie. Hour one with Marie H. Hey, I'm Toby C. This is our show called The Fourth Dimension with Toby C. We're talking about the devil, talking about evil, talking about things that make us uncomfortable, but we're talking about recovery and God and life too. Don't forget that. Anyway, thanks, Marie. See you for hour two. Thank you. That was lots of fun. That was cool. I uh, hope you join us, everybody. This is Toby C., The Fourth Dimension. Uh, yeah, hope to hope to see you all again. Or Don't stay busy. Again. Stay still. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bye.
If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Welcome to the Fourth Dimension with Toby C., where participants dare to disclose bizarre experiences that occur in early recovery. The battle between good and evil, of God and of the occult. The psychic challenges we all encounter when trying to do the right thing. Now, here's Toby. Well, it's me, I'm back. Can't keep a good mouth down, it's Toby, Toby C. And this is our show called The Fourth Dimension, yeah. Hey, you know, if you hang around recovery long enough, especially the 12-step program, you're going to hear little slogans about the fourth dimension. One is rocketed into the fourth dimension. Yeah, and um, the fourth dimension is where is where phenomena and miracles and really strange things happen that are up and beyond a three-dimensional world. And a lot of people think that good is waiting up there in the fourth dimension, but I'm telling you, the devil's up there too, Okay. And uh, by the way, you're going to hear us in this show called The Fourth Dimension. We're going to be talking about Satan or the devil or evil or negative paranormal vibrations, whatever you want to call it. We're going to call it the devil for the, for the moment. And don't forget, if the, if the figure of the devil is missing, one also loses sight of the figure of God itself. It makes the concept of God very abstract. And if you're like me and, you've, and you're a graduate or a failure in the 12-step method of recovery, you'll come to hear over and over again, there is one who has all power, and that one is God, and may you find him now. And you'll also hear that no human power, no human power could relieve our suffering, but only God could and would if he were sought. And I'm here to tell you, my friend, there's something, there's the antithesis of God that wants you to not seek God. Take a deep breath. We're here in hour two with my friend and our guest, Marie H. Hi, Marie. Hi there. Welcome back. Yeah, I had to get the monologue out of the way, you know, because it is a two-hour show, but this is the beginning of hour number two, and never know who's going to be listening or when they're going to be coming into it. And um, so take a deep breath, Marie. We had an interesting first hour, and we made some some interesting... Uh, some interesting discoveries, did we not? Yes, we did. Yeah, and um, we all have our our histories. We all have our our terrors and our traumas. It's called life, man. And some people get get dealt a pretty a pretty lousy hand at life, don't they, Marie? Sometimes. Yeah, and um, and it's sad, and and so many of us end up with the question of why. And as a young child, I don't know, I remember experiencing trauma as a young child, and, and I didn't know the answer to why. How about you? Yeah, I don't think there is an answer. The, not when you're young. Not when you're young and you're experiencing life on life's terms, really, and you're experiencing the behavior of adults and people who, know, who should know better. And we just seem to be getting, you know, um, drawn a... Um, you know, a lousy hand, and we don't understand the reasons to why. But just like early recovery, um, we can look at our, our, our earliest traumatic childhood experiences. And now that we're older and we're calm and we're sober, 
maybe we can look back calmly and objectively at these moments and we can answer why. What do you think, Marie? Are you ready to try to answer why? I'm ready to try. Well, we, tr- we did answer why. One of, the, one of the conclusions we came to in hour number one was that um, the devil wasn't him or her or it. The devil and your demon were the things that set you up for unrealistic expectations, remember? And the unrealistic expectations, as I recall, lead to disappointment. And if we're disappointed enough, we get angry. And if we get angry enough, I don't know about you, but Toby is going to go get loaded. And, uh, and, and, and it's, our, it's our coping skill for some of us, you know. And, and I think that was your journey too, Marie, right? Yes. You leaned on, on things to, to just cope without really having to face the answer to why. Today, we're going to go back and clearly look at what happened, okay? And again, gang, if you're listening, we're here to talk about evil resistance, things that really happen that are negative, evil, satanic, demonic, okay, that happen that sabotage our early recovery. And so many of us are inclined to blame it on him or her or it or ourselves. Don't give yourself so much credit, gang. There's something beyond yourself that keeps baiting the trap and setting us up to, to spring the trap again. And, um, and we're going to examine it now. So here we go. Let's go back again, Marie, to... Do you remember when you first came into recovery? Let's talk about that. Do you remember your first... You remember your first group therapy meeting? Do you remember that? Do you remember walking into this room of women or a group of women and men and sitting down? Do you remember that moment? Yes. Yes, uh, it was an outpatient experience. Yeah, yeah. And um, how did you feel? Did you feel a part of or did you feel really uncomfortable? Yeah, I didn't really think I belonged there. Yeah, yeah. Yet this was the solution, this was a solution for you to get better and to, and to become happy and joyous and free, wasn't it? Or so you were told. You were sold a bill of goods, and if you do this, Marie, you're going to get that, right? right? Remember? All right. Did you have to pay for the outpatient, or did your insurance cover it? Insurance covered it. Did you have to do a copay? Yeah. yeah. All right. Did you have to take time out of your precious life to go to this Oh, thing? definitely. And is your time worth money? Oh, for sure. Then it cost you some money, didn't it? Oh, it did. So this was an investment, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And you were probably pretty determined to get a return on your investment, weren't you? I just wanted to be well. You just wanted to be well. You just wanted to get the monkey off your back and get a few of the answers to why. <clears throat> but you didn't, did you? Mm-mm. It was, um, it was a negative experience, wasn't it? Well, it certainly didn't have the outcome that I was um, it, hoping for, praying for. It disappointed you, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. And so there it was. And we already talked about unrealistic expectations. But let's go back and rewind the tape a little further, okay? Life 
dealt a couple of knocks, didn't it? And life was disappointing. So let me ask you this. Do you think you were predisposed, Marie, to look at what's wrong with this situation rather than what's right with this situation? What do you think? Yeah, Looking sure. back, were you skeptical? Oh, definitely. I mean, you ran out of options. Yeah. I mean, this was it. Yeah. Really? This is going to work? So you were skeptical. So you did have some, some expectations in the midst of your skepticism. There you were. So let me ask you this, Marie. Were you confused? Yeah, oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Come on. I mean, that. I think if you were to define confusion, it would be... Uh, it would be a form of skepticism in the midst of our desperation to find a solution, wouldn't it? Mm. Wasn't that clear, was it? Let me ask you this, Marie. A God of your understanding, do you think a God of your understanding wants you to be skeptical or certain? Certain, sure. There you go. You think a God of your understanding wants you to be confused or to be confident? Confident, Yeah. yeah. All right, so there was something at play already in early recovery, and it wasn't God and it wasn't goodness. It wasn't. And, and there it was, and it wasn't internal. I mean, there was, there was something going on. So what did you hear from these, was it a women's group, or was it a men's and women's group, or was it, uh, you it, said it was outpatient, you went yeah, after it was, work? It was co-ed, yeah. Yeah, was it went from one of these name rehab centers here in the Valley and uh, the Palm Springs area, or... Or no. kind of an offshoot, a small uh, outfit? What was it? At that time, I was in Illinois. Okay, okay, I got it. Sorry, you said it was a men's and women's or, or women's? It, it was, was co-ed. It was co-ed. Co yeah. co Did you hear what you needed to hear then? Um, I think at that early phase, I still had such a stigma around the word alcoholic that I just couldn't even take it on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were in denial of your alcoholism. Um, I knew that I should not mix myself with alcohol. It wasn't working, but I just don't like the word alcoholic. I got it. So, and what's the first step in the 12-step program? Admitting that I'm powerless. Over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. Let me ask you this, Marie. Was your life unmanageable because of your drinking at that time? Of course it was. You wouldn't have ended up in rehab or, or outpatient if it wasn't, right? You knew something was going on. I felt that I had swayed from my moral compass. I didn't yeah. feel that I was um, the authentic me. Yeah. And, and was, looking back now, looking back, Marie, alcohol really wasn't the problem. It was a deeper underlying condition. And you were using alcohol to put out that fire aren't you? Absolutely. That raging inferno. Absolutely. You're looking to extinguish it with that anything. And, and you're using alcohol as a form of, I'm going to suggest denial, denial of the deeper underlying condition. There it is. And, and by the way, we're going to touch on this. I know a little bit of your history and you're very much like me. And the best way to stay in denial is to stay busy. Can you relate to that? Absolutely. And play, staying busy is a way to be distracted, right? And being distracted is a way of not having to face the real demon 
And the real demon was not alcohol. It was the overwhelming, compelling reason that gave us a reason to drink and get polluted and loaded. Right, Marie? Definitely. There it is. So we want to go back now and let's let's look, you know, we're not interested in the sinful behavior. We're not interested in the players in the Garden of Eden. We're interested in the snake. We're going to look at the snake now. All right? And we're going to try to imagine where the snake was hiding out this entire time. You know, the snake and the demon was was sitting right next to us this whole time, and we just weren't aware of it. We weren't willing to be aware of it. We didn't want to acknowledge it. We wanted to deny the snake. There it was, right? What do you think? Yeah, I think that um, not only did I, I think what I was running from is the powerlessness over life. I had gotten to a place in my life where up to that point, the efforts that I put forth typically resulted in an outcome that I was good with. There you go. And then I got to a place in life where no matter what I did, the outcome wasn't what I wanted. My expectations were not being met. Perfect. All right. Saved by the bell, Marie. We're going to be back for our second segment for the bottom of the hour. And we're going to continue talking about the snake. I think we've almost pulled the covers off this snake in Marie H.'s past. Amen on that. Hey, I'm Toby C. This is our show about evil resistance during our earliest moments in recovery. And our show is called The Fourth Dimension. And I'm your host, Toby C. Be right back with Marie H. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby. All right. We don't have a lot of time before the bottom of the hour, so I'm going to let Marie kind of continue running with this. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. The deal is that um, even before we had unrealistic expectations, there was something going on. There was something going on externally that set us up. All right? There was something going on externally that set us up. And this something external, Marie did not want you to be happy, joyous, and free, did it? There's something externally, Marie, way back when, in the very beginning of your memory and your development, there was something that wanted to keep you confused and uncertain. And it wasn't, it wasn't a loving God of your understanding, was it, Marie? No. There you go. And if it wasn't a loving God of your understanding then what was it? You know? 
if it wasn't him, if it wasn't her, if it wasn't it, if it wasn't God, then what was it, Marie? The tendency towards negativity, wherever that tends to come from. Yeah, a tendency to move toward negativity, wherever that comes from. Well, I'll tell you where it comes from. It comes from Satan. It comes from evil. It comes from the devil. It comes from the antithesis of God, whatever you want to call it. And how nice. Let me ask you this. If you had been more aware of the presence of evil, been more conscious in the very beginning of the presence of evil, and had been able to calmly and objectively deal with it by getting close to the solution, which is God, could your journey through recovery have been a little easier and quicker for you? Yes, definitely, I'm sure. Yeah. But something, Marie, kept you from being happy, joyous, and free. And it wasn't an inside job, was it, Marie? Mm, no. It wasn't. You know, do you remember any situations way back when, maybe it was an outpatient. You know, what was your experience after outpatient? Was it one of those 30-day programs where you just went after work and checked in with the crew and a little group therapy? and? It was a half mornings, yeah. Half mornings, okay. And after 30 days, was it called a 30-day um, deal? I think it was, yeah, a month yeah. and a half, something like yeah. that. Yeah, here in the Palm Springs area, they call it a 30-day spin dry. And, um, <laughs> you know, and and you started going to meetings right after that, do you think? Or? I did, um, yeah. but I didn't I didn't um, work the steps. I didn't get a sponsor, and the meetings that I was going to at that point, I wasn't connecting to. It wasn't until I got to the valley, till I got here. Yeah. That I really found a home. I got it, but but you didn't you didn't really connect to the whole program, did you? It was still kind of a, a little elusive. You never really got into a good rhythm, did you? No, not well, there back it is. Then. So the question is, I guess, did you ever get the memo about about acquiring God consciousness? moving away from the bondage of self in early recovery? I know I didn't. I know people were, were screaming at me, but I, I couldn't hear the message. What about you? Do you think people were giving you a good message and maybe you just couldn't hear it in the very beginning, Marie? What do you think? I, I think um, I have to really consciously uh, let go. I've uh, been conditioned my whole life to think that I have to get it done. I have to be self-reliant. Um, and, and therefore then you're not really relying on God. Um, so I need to be conscious of that. But, but what brings that ego or that self-driven nature to the forefront? Um, you never got into the rhythm of recovery, did you, Marie? You never really got a good rhythm going, okay? Yeah, not, no, not until 2016. Many of us in early recovery don't. Yeah. We don't understand what the point is. We're trying to get the monkey off our back, and they tell us that you know that we're going to be happy and joyous and free if we if we do this thing. But it's still very foggy and vague and, and unclear, isn't it? Definitely. You know, we hear a little you know platitudes and slogans like "Only God could and would if He were sought." We hear that all day long. We read it in every meeting, things like that. But but it just didn't sink in. 
it just didn't sink in for some reason. You know, I don't know about you. I was in denial, and I think you were in denial too. I was in denial by staying busy. Were you in denial by staying busy? Oh, definitely. All right. So the busier you were, the more you didn't, the more you were incapable of calming down and really looking and being aware of the demon, huh? Mm. Where did the time go, man? It just <laughs> flew by. Good grief. All right. We're going to get into the thick of it with Marie when we come back. I'm not letting this thing go. We're going to find the devil and Satan as manifest in physical form in the external in Marie's journey through recovery. This is Toby C. We'll be right back with the fourth dimension, evil resistance during our early moments in recovery. Enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Making sense out of nonsense, making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. All right. Let's go back on a magical mystery tour with Marie. Back to the very beginning. We're not interested in what your demons are today. We're not interested in how aware you are of Satan today. If you're if you're in recovery, if you're in early recovery, or if you're stuck in recovery, you can't get out of the rut and the revolving door recovery, pay attention because there may be something way back in your history and it, and it wasn't God, it was something other than God that set you on the wrong course and you became a prisoner in the bondage of self. Remember that one, Marie? Yes, for sure. <laughs> the bondage of self. So we're going to go all the way back and you know, our, our, our first hour, really, one of the discoveries we made was that you really were a prisoner to the demon of unrealistic expectations, which sets you up for disappointment, which sets you up for anger, which sets you up for shameful behavior, which was a drunk, all right? Now we're going to go back and even go a little bit further beyond the unrealistic expectations to a place of skepticism and uncertainty. Yes? Yes. That was really what was going on in the very beginning. And by the way, not only were you uncertain and skeptical about recovery and maybe had some unrealistic expectations, but were you already programmed in your childhood and the trauma and mistreatment that, that maybe you experienced were you already programmed? Was your default already a character of uncertainty and skepticism? Definitely, yeah, yeah. It's so clear now. Yeah. yeah. And um, at the time, you didn't know it. Who does, man? It's so, it's so vague and it's so clear. And, and was, was it God or something other than God that kept you 
in skepticism and uncertainty. Well, definitely it's not a God presence when you feel that kind of a dis-ease. Yeah. yeah and, and, and again, we're not allowed on this show to internalize it. Can't blame ourselves. Can't say it comes from within. That's off limits. We're looking for the external. Mm. You know, God brings us gifts and he really sets up beautiful things for us to experience and have a happy, joyous, and free life. And there's something other than, the, than God. There's the antithesis of God that also brings us gifts of a different nature. And they're not gifts. They're traumas and they're tragedies and their misdeeds, and their mistreatment. And nobody, nobody, unless you live in a cocoon, is immune to various forms of, of misdeeds and mistreatment. And some of us suffer, suffer so much more greatly physically and emotionally than others. Mm. Right, Marie? Yeah, you carry it with you. You better believe it. So... Would you say from your, your earliest memories of your childhood that you were already on a, uh, on a default setting for uncertainty and skepticism? Yeah, always trying to control things and keep them in order the way I want them to be so that I didn't feel the uncertainty. Love it. But the uncertainty was always there. Tell me about your relationships, your, your earliest relationships with, with companions and when you were dating and you were just getting to know people and having having relationships did you still have a a tinge of uncertainty and skepticism in your relationships with others um yeah i'm sure you know you're always trying to be as perfect as you can be so that people love you and they won't let you down did people you trusted in your early childhood break your trust oh definitely so why would we trust people in our in our later life, right? So so there it is. So and let me ask you this, Marie. Did these defective relationships with other people ultimately cause you to have a defective relationship with yourself? Oh, yes. Yeah. You kind of you you take it on as if it's your own character. Thank you. And let me ask you this, Marie. Does a loving, tolerant, patient forgiving God of your understanding wants you to, to feel this way? No, no. No way. No. So what was it that wanted you to feel this way, Marie? Something evil. Yes. It was something evil, man. And now we can look back at it and say, you know, yeah. So, so let me ask you this. Now that we know what your demon was, and, and, and by the way, listeners, you know, you can have multiple demons, right? No question about it. Maybe Marie's demons that, that you were wrestling with was unrealistic expectations and uncertainty. skepticism with a dash of, of uncertainty, overwhelming yeah. heaping tablespoon of it. Yeah. If you had it to do all over again, Marie, let's go really seriously. Let's go all the way back, you know, to outpatient and your earliest memories of group therapy and um, going to AA meetings. There was something that, that you could have changed right in the very beginning, wasn't there? But let me ask you, Marie, you weren't aware of it, were you? No, I thought I was doing it. I thought I was living in faith, but clearly I kept taking 
my own will back. Thank you. You thought you were living in faith, but that was an illusion because you were in denial of evil. Thank you. Right? We only thought that we had cleaned house. That's a quote out of the big book. But we hadn't. We hadn't cleaned house so that the grace of God could enter us and expel the deadly obsession. Yeah. That's what happened, okay? Yeah. And my... um. My tendency would be, and, and I really, you've opened my eyes to this, that if I look at even the thought of a relapse as evil, evil, I wouldn't let it win. There I wouldn't go. go there. But because you thought it was just you and right. your weak constitution, and you had such a low self-image of yourself, that you were ready to go ahead and surrender and lay down and, 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 and take another beating, right? right? And sometimes you just get to the point where, you know, not to curse, but the, the case of the efforts, you know? Marie, you just hit on something so monumental. In other words, there wasn't... If you had a real God, a real strong faith, that could have been an overwhelming and compelling reason for you to get better and stay better, but you didn't have it. Right. You didn't have this overwhelming and compelling connection with God because, because it, was, it was vague. You didn't understand the lines between evil and good. Right. So really, the only compelling and overwhelming reason you had get, to get better was you, and that wasn't enough to do the trick, was it, Marie? Right. I need to show up for God. There you go. But you didn't. You kept showing up for you, didn't right. you? Right. And and uh, and you kept taking it back. You know, you even said, and that's what we always do, gang. You know, gosh, you know, in the 12-step program, we trust God, clean house. And many of us, uh, instead of working with others, we skip to the Lou Mardarlin and we just move on with our, 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 our lives, our new, clean, sober lives, only to... to to slip away from that brief connection of God consciousness and get mired once more into self-consciousness. And there it was. And Marie, you just hit on something so profound. Of course, when we're mired in self-consciousness, that, that is the saboteur itself. If the reason why we're trying to clean up our act and, and get better and recover is for self, it's not going to work. There has to be a higher calling. Correct. Correct. And I don't know about you, I don't have a direct connect with God. So my higher calling is to avail myself to my brethren. Right? And there it is. Did you really avail yourself to your brethren early on in recovery? You did some work. You did some step work with women, didn't you? You sponsored women. You, you did the deal. sponsoring, yeah. You know, but you weren't all in, were you? It was a little confusing. It wasn't, it wasn't a devoted commitment, was it? No, I think there's so much, again, uncertainty there. You were distracted. It's hard for me to stay there, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, gang, you know, life is life, you know? I mean, we get distracted. I mean, who doesn't get distracted about mortgages and taxes and hospital bills and, you know, whatever, man. Life's in session. Life's in session. But I'll tell you this, Marie, I don't... If you're like me, when you were at the bottom and you went into the outpatient program and you realized at that moment that your life wasn't manageable for whatever mysterious reason, you just didn't stay there very long, did you? You didn't stay in that moment of desperation, did you? No. No. Yeah, took it back, didn't you? Took what back? Took your self-will back. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So if you had it to do all over again, Marie, if you had it to do all over again, you've had a bumpy road. All, many of us do, you know. We don't get this thing overnight. What do you think you could have done different to have um, started to, to build an unshakable foundation? What do you think? Just stay in faith for sure, you know. And I, I, I really like how you're pointing out that if I see it like, you know, Star Wars, there's the good guys and there's the not so good guys, and it's a battle. It is a battle, and uh, and I want I want to win that battle, and I want to win it for God. Isn't that nice? It is a battle, Marie, and it's not a battle against us and God. It's a battle between good and evil. Right. We're just in the middle of the deal, right? Right. We give ourselves too much credit, man. We think it's you know, it's our will against God's will. I'm sorry, friend. It's not, man. It goes deeper than that. There's an evil force and there's a good force, and we're just caught in the middle of it. And our selfish, self-centered survival skills kind of make us lean a little bit to the left, you know, toward the toward the dark side. We're survivalists. We don't want to die. We're fear-based. We're skeptical. We're uncertain. Right? For sure. Yeah. So it's easy to say I would have been more faith-based. What do you think, man? Um do you think you would have taken working with another woman a little bit more serious? Do you think you would have really rendered first aid to another suffering soul, knowing that, knowing that you weren't just trying to stay sober, but maybe you're trying to honor your agreement with a God of your understanding? Did you have a chance to honor your agreement with God in the very beginning? No, you, don't, you probably weren't even aware that you had an agreement with God, were you? You were trying to get better. I don't know. Tell me, Marie. Yeah, I guess through this journey, um, like they say, you can't keep it if you don't give it away. And I uh, probably haven't been working on giving it away enough. Because I don't, I don't know that I feel like I'm certain enough to give it away. Like, do I have what it takes? I'm not, sh I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Take a deep breath. We're going to wrap up this, this final hour with Marie. And there's going to be a takeaway for the newcomer or anybody who's in recovery and suffering and can't get out of that rut. Pay attention. There might be a helpful hint to you. Our show is called The Fourth Dimension. I'm your host, Toby C. And we're here with Marie H. Stand by. Be right back. Enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong in the fourth dimension with Toby C. All right. Listen, we have not been all over the map here. We've been on a very focused journey back in time on Marie's little travel backwards, okay? And uh, it wasn't the relapse. 
wasn't the evil that exists in the world around us. There was something that was keeping you from getting the program. Whatever program was out there for you, Marie, there was something that was was keeping you from being as open-minded to conviction and as willing to listen as only the dying can be. And what do you think that was, Marie? Um, fear and uncertainty. Yeah, I just, I, obviously, if I were fully committed, uh, the journey would have been a little bit more of a straight line. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, commitment to what? Commitment to yourself, Marie, or commitment to a power greater than yourself? Power greater than myself, but I lose sight of it. And what were you making a commitment to in the very beginning, Marie? To myself, to my pride, to my ego, to trying to see, look, this, uh, this isn't really me. I'm, I'm something different. I understand. And again, wouldn't you agree that the reason why you either weren't given the memo or you just unconsciously made the decision to ignore it, the reason why that you didn't, maybe, maybe the reason why you didn't make a commitment and get better and get into recovery for God is because you didn't understand the relevance of, of Satan and evil. You thought that you and your own human power could overcome Satan and the temptation and the traps that evil baits for you, didn't you? You thought you could overcome that, but you couldn't, could you, Marie? Looking back now, it's real clear. You couldn't overcome those traps that Satan for you, could you? No human power. I guess that's what it's. No says. human power can can relieve our alcoholism or our suffering, and who can? God, when He sought. Only God can and would, and will if He has sought. And there's something that wants us to not seek God. There's something that wants us to blame God. Did you blame God a lot, Marie, growing up? Uh, there were periods where well, I was very angry at God. Better believe it, man. You better believe it. Why didn't you blame the devil? Why didn't you blame the devil, Marie? Because you didn't. Because you didn't know the devil. You were ignorant of the devil. You went to church and probably prayed with your family, man. It was all God this and God that. But nobody talked about the devil much, did they? Unless we were reading a little scripture, right? A little right. Luke 11. But there it is. So that was your default, man. You didn't know who to blame. And you blamed God, didn't you? Blamed God and blamed myself. Yep. So why, why on earth would you get better for God if God was the cause of your misery and your suffering, Marie? Right. There it is. So there's the answer to why. Listeners and newcomers, if you're listening, man, we just discovered a huge answer to why. The reason why, and Marie just said it perfectly clear, if she had to do over again to save herself countless years and of, of suffering and agony, she would have gotten better, not for herself, but to honor her agreement with God. But how can a person honor their agreement with God when God made them suffer? And I mean suffer like you wouldn't believe when we're growing up, man. And that's, that's, who, that's our go-to, is that's who we blame for our suffering. 
We forget that something external can give us joy and peace and something external can make us suffer. Stop blaming God, everybody. Stop blaming yourself. Stop giving yourself so much credit, right, Marie? Totally. Start, start, start giving credit where credit's due, man. There's something evil and satanic, and it's out to destroy you and keep you in everlasting ignorance and misery. Right, Marie? Yes, yes. And there it is. That's the takeaway, gang. And when you make it that black and white, it's just so clear. You know, there's no distraction. There's no hiding it. Um, it's like, yeah, it's a battle. You know, God, I read this little blurb, and I think it was one of those recovery publications, that God will always forgive us our indiscretions, but in no case does he render us white as snow and keep us that way without our cooperation. God, it's God, man. He's the one that's going to forgive you. My friend, why don't you quit playing God? Why don't you quit? Why don't you stay out of the God business? And, and why don't you today try to stop deciding who you are going to dispense and withhold forgiveness from? And why don't you experience God's grace and experience forgiveness? How about that? Quit playing God. And so many of us self-centered survivalists, man, we don't know any, we don't know any better, right? We grow up in these self-help programs, man, that we need to, you know, God helps those who help themselves. I get it. I can only help myself so much. Then I got to help others. So there it is, right, Marie? What a revelation. So not only did we uncover unrealistic expectations, not only did we uncover apathy and uncertainty and skepticism, but we uncovered a disconnection from our motives for getting better in the first place. And the primary cause of our sobriety is to stay sober and to help another alcoholic achieve sobriety. There it is. There it is. Wow. It's cool. It is so cool, isn't it? And we took the journey back and we answered why now, didn't we? We answered why you were skeptical uncertain and uncertain. We answered why you had a disconnect from God in the very beginning. You never had a chance to get on the right road. You could have. You could have. If you got the right memo or if you made or if you really, for some reason, it just, it eludes so many of us. Marie, you know, don't be so hard on yourself that you didn't get it in the beginning. And Toby won't be so hard on himself that I didn't get it in the beginning. It took me 25 years to get 11, baby. Wow. <laughs> That's perseverance of, right there. I had there. a lot of suffering, man. <laughs> I wish I would have gotten the memo sooner and understand that I need to stay away from evil. Hey, gang, my most compelling reason today to stay healthy in mind, body, and spirit is to be available for my brethren. How about you, Marie? Definitely. Amen on that. All right. Now you can breathe. Quit holding your air. Hey, I'm Toby C. This is our show called The Fourth Dimension. We talk about evil, the devil, satanic interference during our earliest moments in recovery. I hope you've enjoyed our show today with Marie H. I know that I have. It was great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Marie. God bless. Take care and come back soon. Here's for another episode of The Fourth Dimension with your host, Toby C.
you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com.